Welcome to the Vine Life Podcast. We're a church in Manchester who love Jesus, each other, and our city. Catch up on this week's message and more. Why, thank you. Um, it really is my privilege to be able to come and to share this morning. Um, for those of you who maybe don't know me, um, I'm married to Dave. He's playing bass. He's dealing with my slides because I made some quick amendments last night and things are out of order. Um, and we have two wonderful children, uh, Matthew and Becca, who are out having super fun in Game Changers this morning. So I am carrying on our Salt and Light series, which is talking about what life looks like for us, how we show up in the world between Sundays. Um, John kicked off a series two weeks ago where he reminded us that it was our identity, that we are salt and light, that we are to bring the God flavors and the God colors to the world around us. And then Ralph last week um, talked to us about being Christ's ambassadors, that um, we are sent out into the world by him to be able to partner with him to do the things that he's already doing. Um, Today, we are going to dive a little bit more specific, and we are going to be talking about our words and how they matter, and how they can partner with Jesus to bring his kingdom. So I'm going to start off with a little story. Uh, Picture the scene. It's Monday morning. Dave's gone to work. I have one goal, to get myself and my children to the places we need to be on time. Standing in between me and this goal is my four-year-old daughter, who is not in the mood to get up. I had tried all the gentle encouragement, And I could feel my frustration rising and rising. I'm I'm sure this is just me. Um, Rising and rising up inside me. And so I say with gritted teeth, it really is time for you to come round now. And it was brilliant. She sat bolt upright. I was like, great. Then I realized that what I had meant by those words were, it's time for you to come round to the idea that we need to get on and go to school. She understands the words come round to mean a visitor. She's an extrovert and therefore coming round means that someone fun is here to see her. So her first words back to me were, who's here? And the devastation that happened when I had to advise my four-year-old that, no, it's seven o'clock in the morning on a Monday, no one fun was here to play with her. And so yes, our words matter. What we communicate And what we say and how we communicate it matters. And we get the privilege of partnering with Jesus to bring his kingdom through our words. So a little bit about where we're going to go this morning. We're going to look at some bits from the Bible. We're going to look at some examples when God and Jesus spoke and what that tells us about how we get to use our words. And we're going to look at some bits from Proverbs about um, some warnings that we need to understand as well about how our words can impact And then specifically, I'm going to talk at the end about declarations and just some stuff that Jesus has been kind of speaking to me again and again about over the last few months. I'm going to quickly pray again. (laughs) Oh, Father God, I thank you that your word is living amongst us. And I just pray, Jesus, that you would come and that you would speak through me again this morning and that we'd be able to hear with our ears um, and know with our hearts. Yeah. Real. So, in terms of the Bible, um, the first example I want to talk about this morning in terms of when uh, God spoke is right at the beginning of the Bible, and we sang about it this morning. It's in Genesis 1, where the writer of Genesis details the creation story and that principle that God spoke 
to create. In Genesis 1 verse 3, it says, And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And it continues throughout Genesis 1. Each time something new was created, it was preceded with the words, Let it be. God spoke to create. The next example that I want to um, draw attention to is actually found in three of the Gospels. I kind of think if Jesus says something or God says something more than once, we probably should pay attention to it. Um, And in Mark's account, in chapter 1, verse 11, it says, And a voice came from heaven, You are my son, whom I love, and with you I am well pleased. And these words mark the beginning of Jesus' ministry. After he was baptized, he moved out into the wilderness for 40 days, and then he came back to begin his preaching and his teaching with the people. And I think, as as Ralph reminded us last week, God is intentional with what he does, and is intentional with what he says. He doesn't speak by accident. In that moment of commissioning, God chose to speak identity to Jesus. He spoke sonship. He reminded him that he was loved and that he brings joy and pleasure, not because of what he's done, but because of who he is. So words speak identity. And I think the final examples that I I just want to, I felt prompted to bring this morning, was this, um, which is just a few examples of when Jesus actually used his words to heal and to bring life. In Mark chapter 2, verse 11, Jesus speaks healing to the paralyzed man. He says, get up, take your mat and walk. And he does. In Mark chapter 5, verse 41, Jesus speaks healing to Jairus' daughter. Little girl, I say to you, get up. In Luke chapter 7, verse 14, Jesus raises a widow's son. He says, young man, I say to you, get up. And then in John chapter 11, we see where Jesus raised Lazarus to life. And he stood in front of the tomb and he spoke to Lazarus and he said, Lazarus, come out. Now, in several of these examples, uh, Jesus used his hands. He took Jairus' daughter's hands. He laid his hand on the coffin. But it was only when Jesus spoke that the healing or the life was restored. So words can bring healing. In all these examples, we see how God and Jesus use words powerfully to create, to speak identity, to heal and bring life. And we're made in his image, and we get to do that too. We get to use our words powerfully. We can use them to create, to build up, to bring, build up courage, build up hope, build up faith. And where the world so often chooses to tear down, we get to partner in the opposite spirit to build up. Our words have the power to call out God-given identity. And we need to recognize that we are made in the image of God, but so is everyone else on this earth. And we get to recognize that and call out the golden people. It talks about in the Psalms that... um, God has a lot to say about his creation and that actually his thoughts about us are numerous, more numerous than the grains of sand on the earth. So he has stuff to say and we get to partner with that.
And it's not, we get to look for opportunities to call out this God-given identity, not just with our friends and family, not just with our church community, but we get to do that at work, in the supermarket, on the bus, at university, at the school gate. Wherever we have interaction with people, we have the ability to do that. And I think just take a moment to think about that. What a privilege it is to be able to almost hold up a mirror in front of people and tell them how God sees them. And our words have the power to bring healing into life. And it might be that gentle, kind word that actually speaks to someone's heart or renews their mind. Or actually it might be physical healing where you have a word of knowledge and you obediently share it. Or where you have the courage to pray with faith for a headache to go or back pain to cease. Just so many ways we get to partner with our words to see God's kingdom come. Now, um, I really wish my words did this all the time. I really wish that every time someone had a conversation with me, they were left feeling joy-filled and full of hope and knowing Jesus because they had shown them Jesus. But the reality is that at times our words impact in a negative way. And I can think back to times in my life where I've spoken harshly without any grace or I've spoken rashly without even thinking what my words were going to communicate. And in those times, I've seen the weight of my words land on people and cause pain. And had that moment where, you know, the cartoon where you're like, I just wish I could catch those words and bring them back and that that hadn't happened. And sometimes our words can miss the mark because we don't say anything in times where we should have or we could have. And it might be a time when actually we just don't pause long enough to say, Holy Spirit, do you need me to speak up? In Proverbs, Solomon repeatedly warns us about the way our words can be received and the impact they can have on others. I'm just going to, hopefully coming up will be just a few examples. And the Proverbs have a lot to say about words. In Proverbs 12, verse 18, it says, The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Proverbs 15, verse 4, it says, A soothing tongue, speaking words that build up and encourage, is a tree of life. But a perversive tongue, speaking words that overwhelm and depress, crushes the spirit. And Proverbs 18, verse 21 The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Now, these are really quite stark warnings to us. That our words can cause pain, they can crush spirits, and they can even stop things living. And it would be really easy to take these verses and to be like, oh, for it to let it to bring fear and for it to reduce our confidence to be able to speak. And, but I think if we use, if we let ourselves feel that fear and reduce our ability to speak, that's when we aren't able to be salt and light as well in the world. And when I reached this bit in 
preparing for today, um, I just felt Jesus remind me of the bit in Hebrews 12 where it talks about his blood speaks a better word. His blood speaks of forgiveness and of redemption. And we get to speak a better word. We get to choose our words powerfully. And that includes saying sorry when we get things wrong. Now, forgiveness and asking for forgiveness and giving forgiveness, it is a whole huge topic that um, I do not have enough minutes to go into today. Um, But I do want to say this. I think the choice to say sorry and to be vulnerable about our mistakes is a key part of being salt and light in this world. Because the world would say, don't admit your weaknesses and don't admit when you get it wrong. And actually, um, uh, Matthew is eight. I've been a parent for eight years. And one of the things that I have learned most powerfully in my ability to speak life to him is that when I get things wrong, that I can say sorry for it. And that's actually one of the most powerful things of way I can show up and be salt and light to him. So we've had a little look at a few examples when God and Jesus spoke and we've reminded ourselves that God spoke to create, to give identity, to heal and to bring life and that we can partner in all of those things. And we've also looked at the, um, what it looks like to say sorry and how that can also be a really powerful way of using our words to be salt and light. And for the end of this morning, I'm just going to talk a little bit about the power of declarations. Um, There are so many different things that I could talk about today in terms of how we use our words. Um, But declarations has been one of those things that has um, Jesus has just been reminding me of again and again over the last few months. So um, I'm going to share it with you so you can know what he's been speaking to me about. So declarations, what do I even mean by declaration? Uh, so I, what I mean is intentionally speaking truth out loud. And when I talk about truth, I mean what Jesus thinks and what he says about every situation, about who he is, who God is, and who I am. Because he is the way, the truth, and the life. Now, I grew up in the Scottish Episcopal Church, which is the Scottish version of the Church of England. Um, And so reading liturgy was just a really normal part of my Christian childhood experience. And I'm not going to lie, at the beginning, it was seen as the gateway to biscuits. You got through the liturgy, you got to the end of communion, end of the service, biscuit time. But only in my later teenage years did I fully recognize the deposit into my spirit and soul that came through the active reading of the liturgy. There is something about hearing truth out loud that's so important. It reminds our souls, it renews our minds, it builds faith. Romans 10 verse 17 says, So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. And when we declare truth out loud, and our ears hear it, our spirit gets to say, yes and amen. 
So how does this link with the other things that we um, get to partner with Jesus? And in Matthew 12, verse 34, it says this, for the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart. For us to be able to speak identity, to be able to speak healing, to be able to speak life, to be able to create, there has to be stuff in our heart that can come out. And I think declarations and understanding that truth, what Jesus says about us, is one of the ways we can make sure that what's in our hearts is, is what he would say. So um, when Beth got uh, dedicated last year, um, she was given this beautiful colouring book, which called, is called I Am So Many Things. Um, and one of the pictures in it, um, when I was flicking through, jumped out at me straight away. And so this little girl that's just full of all truth about what Jesus says about her. Now, this is what I want for my children. It's what I want for me. It's what I want for all of us to be full with the knowledge of the truth of Jesus. And I think there's something about being in the habit of regularly declaring that truth that helps us stay like that, filled up to overflowing. And the author um, or creator of this coloring book, one of the things it says is the things that we believe are like seeds that we plant in our hearts. And our hearts are like fertile soil that grows whatever is planted in them. So man, I want to make sure it's the truth of Jesus planted in my heart. Um, before we finish, um, I've just got a little testimony um, to share about the power of declarations actually within our family. And I guess to give you an example of what it looks like or what it could look like. Definitely not the only way, the only thing it can look like. Um, and I think firstly to say, this is Matthew's testimony, um, and he knows that I'm sharing it with you this morning. Um, he's very graciously said I could. He knew what I was speaking on. And when I said, how would you feel? He was like, yeah, okay. So um, at the end of the summer, Matthew started really struggling with um, his sleep and bedtime. And normally he goes down really easily, kiss him goodnight, leave the room, and it's, he's, you see him in the morning. And we went through this about three weeks of him just having a lot of anxiety. He had a few bad dreams. And then actually what came after that was a lot of fear about whether he would have a bad dream and lots of worry. And coming out of his room five or six times before he would fully settle. Now, <coughs> um, this had gone on for quite a few weeks. And Dave and I tried lots of things. We prayed with him. We tried some adventure times. And just nothing consistently was making a difference. He was still really anxious and really worried. And as I was preparing for this morning, um, I'd been just having a little read of this book by Steve Backland about declarations and reminding myself of some of the things that it said. And in it, there are declarations for rest and sleeping. And as I got to that page, I just felt Holy Spirit nudge and say, you could try this. So we did. That night, um, Matthew and I, we sat down and we read the page. And it's like two little scriptures and then some things of that you can believe because of those scriptures. Um, and Matthew and I declared them out. And one of those was, I am protected from bad dreams. So, eight-year-old boys don't always give a lot away as to how it's landed with them. 
Um, so afterwards, he got into bed and I said, how do you feel? Not being 100% sure whether he'd just read the words or whether it had changed anything. And then he said to me the most beautiful thing. He said, I feel safe. And he lay down and I kissed him and he went to sleep. And that was the first time in three weeks where he went to sleep without being worried or anxious. All because of the safety he felt having declared powerful words about his sleep. And every night since then, we've carried on. Not, I was, and I said to Matthew, are you sure you want to do this? Like, I'm not forcing him to do it. And he's like, yeah, so I don't forget. And that's the truth that I think the regular reminding ourselves of the truth of Jesus does something to us when we allow it to penetrate our hearts and change us. It can be our firm foundation. Now, I know Matthew really had miraculous breakthrough through the declarations, and I know that that isn't always the case. I know that there are people in this room who've prayed for things and declared God's promises over situations and still haven't seen those circumstances change. I still think there's truth that we can declare no matter the circumstance. Words that change us and that are our firm foundation. God is good. God is faithful. God never leaves me nor forsakes me. And I don't need to lean on my own understanding for the situation. So, we're nearly done. My challenge to you this week is to think about your words. The people that you meet and the people that you see. What are you creating with them? How are you building them up? How are you speaking life and healing to them? How are you reminding them of how God sees them? But to help us this morning, we're going to just take a few minutes to do some declarations together. Now, I know for some of you, um, this will probably be very strange. And please um, feel free to just listen. Don't feel like you have to join in. But there is, I do believe there is something really powerful about allowing our ears to hear that allows our spirit to say yes and amen. So, from a practical point of view, uh, oh, thanks. Uh, <laughs> they're coming up behind us. And these are just a few declarations that I, um, Steve Backland um, leads up an organization called Igniting Hope Ministries. And they, if you use your um, favorite search station on the internet, you will be able to find, um, he's got, a, it says 100 declarations that you can declare over yourself. And it's got scriptures next to it of where it comes from and the truth that it says. So we're just these are just a handful this morning that I thought it would be really great to remind ourselves of together, if that's okay. So if that's all right, if you would if you are able, I'd love you to stand and then we'll share these together. I am in Christ Jesus and therefore I am a new creation. All things have passed away and all things have become new. God redeems my life from the pit. He crowns me with loving kindness and compassion. I am saved by grace through faith. I am not saved by my own works. 
God instructs me and keeps me as the apple of his eye. The Lord is my God. He is mighty to save. He rejoices over me with gladness and singing. I am quieted by his love. God does exceedingly abundantly above all that I could ask or think according to his power that works in me. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. All God's people said, Amen. Hope you enjoyed today's message. If you want to find out more, head to our website, findlife.co.uk, or follow us on Instagram. God bless and see you soon.